the senator, while indoctrinated, could not explain his toxicity. You should not listen to men's rights advocates if you want to know what they have to say. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Honey Badger Radio. My name is Brian, your host, and this is the Week in Men's Rights, um, where we talk about interesting stuff that's happened in the world of the MRAO sphere, is what I'd like to call it, or anyone that is a, let's say, a true uh, advocate for fairness in uh, the sort of larger cultural gender discussion. So I am joined currently by Elizabeth Hobson as well as Natty, and I assume Miles is with you, Natty, right? As, as always, Natty's baby oh. is in tow. Yes? He's Hello? asleep. But he's asleep. But he may chime in with opinions, which is why his little badger is on the on the, uh, the screen there. K- Karen will be with us a little bit later. She's not here right now, but she also has some some interesting news that we're going to hopefully get into when Karen gets on. So thanks, guys. For joining us on the show, please hit the like button if you could. It really helps us out with our uh, analytics. And uh, yeah, get, just uh, be sure to be prepared to add commentary as you like. So first, uh, it's apparently been a really exciting time for justice for men and boys, which is why I'm talking to Elizabeth and Natty. I have this article displayed on the screen uh, that goes as follows. I'm just going to read the headline and then we'll get... The scoop from Elizabeth or Natty, depending, because they're they're on their. Uh, you gotta bear with us. They're they're on their uh, phones and they're on the uh, tr- train. Do you guys call it the train? The, <laughs> the uh-huh. yeah, and they're on the train, and so they might drop because as the train passes through tunnels. So if so, uh, I may have to reference the article itself. So, what what was your day like today, uh, Elizabeth? How how did how did everything go? Uh, yeah, you know, it went uh, eventfully and all right. It was a little stressful at points and a little... Yes? Elizabeth? See, this is one of those times where, you know, they're probably passing through a tunnel. Oh, there she is. Oh, you lost us. No, I did for a second, but you're back now. Go ahead. Okay, so yeah, I mean, we put out a message on our blog inviting people to meet us at a pub in Cambridge before our talks. And I was sitting there with um, a couple of guys, including Richard, and this woman kept coming in and out and like looking at our table, eyeballing our table. And then a little later, Mike and Natty arrived and... um, the lady came back with some friends and some milkshakes. Oh my goodness. Mm. And um, so, yeah, the, so the article goes, uh, J4MB leader doused in milkshake at Weatherspoons. Anti-feminist group Justice for Men and Boys were gathering prior to an event at Mill Lane Lecture Rooms this evening. Members of the anti-feminist group Justice for Men and Boys were milkshaked by activists this afternoon in the Regal. Two individuals were observing, or I'm sorry, observed throwing McDonald's milkshakes over members and supporters of the organization, including leader Mike Buchanan, as the group met at the Regal prior to an event set to be held in the Mill Lane Lecture site this evening. Um, did you guys, did Elizabeth and Natty, are you guys milkshake free? Are you, are, 
Can you be marked safe from milkshakes, or is it? Did they just get Mike Buchanan, or what? Um, so I I was at the edge of the table where they leaned over. So there was two of them. There was a young lady mm-hmm. and a young man. And I named him Che Guevara because he had that kind of Che Guevara shaggy hair socialist look. Um, <laughs> call, the call, young him, lady. call him call him Shake Guevara. Oh. Guevara. Yeah, we go. Um, and the young lady was like a kind of very, very, uh, very, very, very skinny, no body fat at all, and no weight. Um, quite petite, and she had kind of short brown hair. She, she also looked quite stereotypically socialistic to me. Very Lori, anyway, very, very um, Lori Penny. Worse than Lori Penny. Worse. Oh honestly. wow. She looks like she lives in a squat. Um, anyway, <laughs> that's what I thought. That's when I looked. Yeah. Up. Well, I I got a couple of drops on my jacket, and I was the other end of the table. I was actually holding Miles at the time. And yes. There was quite a kind of furore when it all kicked off, and he got quite upset. Actually, I could feel his little heart just pounding. Yeah. And this is the thing. What happened was that Elizabeth was holding Miles at one end of the table, and I walked over to the other end to say hello to people. And then that's when these two people turned up to throw the milkshake. So I wasn't holding Miles, and I wasn't next. I wasn't anywhere close to him. And so they leaned over. Wait, wait. Nettie's going robotic. Um uh elizabeth can you talk to milk oh, on there to she is mike and on to the uh, i'm sorry <laughs> we're, uh, we're losing okay. Am I, I can tell this uh, part it's her yeah line, yeah yo go yeah, ahead yeah. go ahead elizabeth yeah we're losing See, natty um i'm i'm holding on to miles and um natty is right near where the milkshake is thrown and our cameraman takes off after them but he's got a bad back and so it's not long before he's like creased up in the road and that he's like i can catch her (laughs) and makes haste well but basically i i'm i was kind of because they leaned over me right so in a way they kind of did it over my back so i was literally for a big second i was like what's going on here like in my head i didn't understand what was going on so when i leaned lean forward oh all right sorry um and um i sort of as soon as i saw them running off and i realized what happened and i turned the corner and i saw tom fall to the ground because he um he had a bad back mm-hmm. in my head i just had a split second and i just thought you know what she's small she's skinny i can i can catch her you know, and she had a good distance on me already, and she'd already sort of turned the corner, and I just thought, fuck it, I'm just gonna go. So I, I just legged it, and um, the other guy was running. I, I was like chasing both of them on my own for a while, and then he, he turned a corner somewhere, and I kept chasing her, and she turned a corner. Um, she's tried to hide in this kind of like alcove of a kind of like because it, it's in Cambridge, so there's a lot of old architecture and it was like kind of like a alcove of an old building sort of and I caught her around the side and I just kind of like dragged her back by her bra strap and just kept shouting at her saying did you throw the milkshake do you think I'm a fascist um you need to stay here I'm calling the police yeah. and then um someone else turned up 
this random this random guy in the street was like, "What are you doing? What are you doing? You know what's going on?" And try and the girl was saying to him that I was assaulting her, but I wasn't. But that's what she was saying. And then he kind of stepped in, and then um, our friend turned up, and then Jordan turned up, and then the security turned up. There we go. And the moral of the story is, if she was a real non-drawer wearing feminist she never would have got caught by nothing. that's true well to be fair i did have a by her arm at some point too she was quite skinny so it's quite she was quite easy to apprehend like you know she wasn't she wasn't a land well so you know uh it was i was in luck <laughs> oh. seriously god <laughs> like i i just like i don't even I don't even know what to say about this. It's it's like, um, you, you just you just come, you you yell fascist, you throw a milkshake, you run away, and then you're just like, yeah, no, nobody's actually gonna follow me. Nobody's actually gonna chase me down and and yeah. apprehend me. Um, well, you, you, I, you're I fighting can, fascists, so why would can, they? Yeah, yeah. What's yeah, the matter? Yeah. Don't they? Don't they? What are they? Nazi sympathizers? Like. <laughs> so okay, so the moral of the story is like, okay, were the police called and and did were these people uh, was this woman arrested or? So what happened was uh, when uh, my friend turned up. Natty? Natty dropped out. Oh, she's back. Oh, now um, she's back. Okay, go, uh, sorry, go ahead, Natty. Let me start, let me start again. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, so the, my friend turned up, and then Jordan turned up, and then security turned up, and Jordan called the police. Me and the, me and the girl got separated, because I wasn't really letting her go. I wasn't letting her go. I, I went full on what I call South London mode. Um, she is I, so South London. And so I just kind of, I was like, no, I'm not letting this bitch go. And the uh, the security kind of like had to really talk me down um, to let go of her. And then eventually I did. And he was like, look, I'm not going to let her go. I, I'm, I will keep her here. And I was like, That's great. Um, and uh, I, ha I had the whole thing on video. So when I sort of stopped her, I realized she was so like slate slight that I could actually get my phone out during this whole thing and I did um oh, wow that's what yeah. uh, that that's uh why we need to get get over to a low low carb high protein <laughs> diet everybody by the way but just before I mean just I know this is complete <laughs> completely unrelated big tangent I don't do this very often but interestingly enough my wife brought this to my attention Facebook has been removing um posts that make the argument for low carb like you know uh low carb diets so that it's no, not that's, the, that's no no absolutely up. i know that's, absolutely that's like like my my son my son was like he he's 16 he he was 62 and he was 235 pounds and chubby as fuck. And then he went, he just cut starch out of his diet. It cut, he cut empty sugars, uh, like uh, Coca-Cola and, and Gatorade and stuff out of his diet. And he cut starch. So bread and, and uh, uh, potatoes and rice and all of that out of his diet. Noodles. Um, he, he, yeah, he, yeah. And he doesn't, pasta, he doesn't avoid carbs altogether, but he just minimizes them. 
and eats a high protein, high fat diet. And uh, he's lost like 35 pounds. He's like under 200 pounds now. He's slimmed right down. He's grown another inch. Um, so yeah. he, he's just like, uh, we had, he lost five fucking inches off of his waist the last time I had to order him pants. And this is all in the course of like three months. And he's never hungry. Mm -hmm. Sorry, that was a big tangent. But what I'm saying is, is that they're not just taking down people who express anti-feminist views, centrist views, conservative views, classical liberal views. Also, people who are, you know, uh, like, like, uh, you know, they're like pro sort of keto carnivore, low carb diet people. Apparently that's all uh -huh. under the same alt-right umbrella. But anyway, um, so Natty, the, wow, the woman- that's really the, interesting. I know, isn't seriously. it? I think there, no, I, I, I seriously think I there's something to it. Yeah. I think there's something to it, but that's a, that's a whole other thing. I mean, we're thinking about, it's all coming from the same place. And I think that there is a, a unifying moral structure that sort of ties all that together. But- this uh, that's a that's a big conversation so so natty grabbed the the woman who was so small that she had enough time to get her phone out i had this image in my head natty and i see now by the pictures it's not the case but when you told me that you got the culprit and took some pictures i imagined a woman you full-on pregnant as hell with a baby in one arm grabbing a girl and you have your phone out at the same time and I was like, wow, you know, I, and I, and I said, you know what? It's not outside the bounds of reality. If you know, Natty, I'm just, I just had this image. It, that was really funny, but she is, she is literally a Hindu goddess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. Like six arms. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I'm going to show some pictures. Uh, these are the, this is a picture of two of the protesters, I believe. There is a person, I'm not going to assume any genders here, holding a sign that says milkshake those misogynists. And uh, there's a picture of the milkshake. And then there's another woman in a black dress. Oh, whoops, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said woman. A person in a black dress holding a megaphone. Um, and who who are these people? Were they two of the protesters? Yeah, so can I point out the girl? Have you just showed the one with the girl with the pink hair? No, not yet. No, it's the, it's the oh, okay, no. Right, that the girl with the black hair, black dress, is was her friend, and yeah, she was one of the ringleaders of the protest. The one with the black dress. They. Sorry, no, we're not on they oh, yet. Okay, okay, okay. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Honestly, we'll tell you about that in a second when you look at another mm -hmm. picture. But when I when I um, apprehended this. Um, milkshake thrower um we we were there for um over an hour and me and her and jordan and this other guy that was with us ended up having a long kind of discussion conversation with her in the end and she started trying to interview us and she was asking all kinds of questions she was like what do you think about paul elam what do you think about rouge and what do you think about abortion and yada and she she wouldn't um she wouldn't answer many questions, but in the end, we kind of had a laugh with her, which was quite interesting. Mm -hmm. And then there was another guy there who was this kind of um, uh, university worker because he had on a lanyard. And then he told us that he was a lecturer in philosophy. And I was trying to get information out of him, but he was being very, very um, secretive. And he just, 
um, kept saying how he needed to stay with us because he was protecting his students and he didn't know if I'd assaulted her or not. Yeah, and uh, and I was just like, no, um, she assaulted my friends and she tried to assault me, but I've apprehended her and he was very, he was very, very suspicious. And then um, what had happened was he started texting on his phone and he was texting the Che Guevara guy who suddenly turned up out of nowhere after we've been waiting for a while for the police to turn up. And then he tried to get, he tried to kind of like get him and the girl to run away. Mm-hmm. So this lecturer guy was kind of in on the whole thing. And then I just kept filming and followed them around the corner until they ran into their student hall. I've got his voice on the And then that's when we met them, yeah. which they. I'll talk about in a minute. They, they sorry. They. Yeah. Pronouns, Matt. Pronouns. All right. <laughs> We're going to... Okay. So I'm going to go through some other pictures and, and I'll let uh, Natty or, and or Elizabeth sort of explain some context because I was sent these. So uh, here's another image. This is Natty with an, uh, the woman in the black... I think it's the same woman in the black dress and yeah. uh, the woman with pink hair or person... I'm sorry. Person... of undisclosed gender with pink hair so the person with pink hair they told me that their gender pronoun was them they and their Uh and so she got no teeth and she also sorry they Uh -uh. Mm -hmm. okay yeah stop it Um, maddie are you trying to go to jail i know they um they had uh, a an ivy park uh, like um vest on and you could see where uh, their breasts had been cut off. Whoa, yeah. really? No titties, as Richard's no, saying. No it was it was quite <laughs> harsh. Yeah. It was really odd looking at it, to be honest. Wow. Uh, okay, and then I have another image. Uh, looks like a crowd. This is one of the ones that Natty sent me. Uh, it's all from behind. There's a bunch of the backs of people. <laughs> Going into a doorway, there's someone in what appears to be a rascal or electric wheelchair of some kind. What's going on here? Inclusive. Oh, all right. So, sorry, can I just, before yeah. you tell this uh, this bit, the, 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 the person, they, <laughs> and uh, the lady with them in the black, um, they just sort of hung around outside the student halls for ages on their WhatsApp. Um, just basically telling, trying telling, to telling eavesdrop people. on our conversation yeah. that I was having. And then there was a group of them there that sort of turned up and hovered around for a while. And I basically, I knew they were plotting something, but I couldn't work out what they were plotting I because they kept hiding their off. phone. Um, and so I kind of started chatting to them a little bit, which is why I found out that the one with the pink hair likes like to be no called tees. they, the one with no teeth. Yes, no, Richard. No, no, no um, and... <laughs> I get it. We, she and, had, she yeah, had what, so what her breast removed. It's cool. Go ahead. Uh, and um, yeah. So eventually we, then we, the, we hooked up again. We realized that the police were not going to turn up. Um, even though the uh, university security spoke to them and the security guard also told us he knew who those two people were as well. He could identify them. Yeah. But the police decided not to turn up, even though we, we got the crime number and reported it. Anyway, then we went to the talk, and Elizabeth can uh, tell you the rest. All right, Elizabeth. Yeah, so, I mean, Lady in Black follows us to the venue. 
on her phone the whole time. And then we're just kind of congregating outside the venue, having a chat to our kind of friends and supporters. And then, like, this crowd of, like, 30 students kind of files in down the bottom of where we're standing. And one of them, this woman, walks up and stands between where I'm standing and the door. And I looked at her and I went, you're going to block the doorway, aren't you? And so I kind of nipped in to where the doorway was and then the whole crowd of them like um files in front of the doorway links arms and starts singing all these songs they were singing um there's more than us than you how did that one go that was quite tuneful that one there's more than us than you there's more than us than you oh i'm making that i, I hold a mario song, yeah something like that like a nursery rhyme type oh yeah hey misogyny well, um, I guess I, that's I, better I, than, okay. you know, the usual stuff. At least they're trying something new. They're know? trying they're trying something different than hey hey ho ho this yada yada's got to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and there was something about power and there was something about oh Cambridge can you hear us? Mm -hmm. um, Still, it, was it intimidating? I think the intention was to intimidate you. I mean, when you when you say there's really. more of us, no, no, the, there's more of us than you. It's almost like saying if we decided to to remove you uh, with violence, you you can't stop us. It's like we have the numbers. Yeah, right? I mean, you know, I was standing in front of the door, and the security wouldn't let me in, so I was trapped between the door and like the protesters. They were like right in my face, all shouting. Yeah. And you know, I was kind of just smiling at them and blowing kisses and stuff, because it's quite funny if you just stare at someone and smile, even if they hate you, they can't help but smile back. So yeah. I was getting smiles back at them, but honestly, like my heart was racing. So you're you you did the Covington Catholic schoolboy tactic. <laughs> of smirking yeah, yeah, in the know, face she, of yes she totally did and here's the thing anybody who has actually uh, been around elizabeth hobson you know because i know that the camera lies it lies all the time right but anybody who, who has actually met her in person knows she's like tiny tiny yeah. she is she is the tiniest woman um bar two yeah that i have ever met um, and, uh, and so the fact that she was willing to actually stand up in front of a crowd of people and just smile at them, uh, Nick Sandman style is, is pretty amazing actually. Yeah. If Who I was, you? if, if I was going to like accurately represent Elizabeth on the screen here, I'd have to do this. And then, uh, just to make the point, I'd have to also change Natty, um, because she's actually taller than you think. So this would probably be more accurate, um representation <laughs> but it does throw things yeah, off a it bit was, yeah all right but yeah. anyway so so that that happened um i have i'm displaying yeah, the picture that you sent me i mean mm -hmm. talking about the police as well not only did they not show up to where natty was but jordan was on the phone to them jordan holbrook and they said oh yeah we've been to the scene of the crime and like spoken to people and he came back and he said, like, have they? And we were like, oh, well, they haven't spoken to us. Maybe they spoke to the manager because the manager was saying, oh, we've got CCTV as clear as day. You know, they can find out who they are in an instant. And so he went and spoke to them and they said, no, they've not been. So they just lied to him on the phone. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hmm. 
That is also but, interesting. But, but the, the proctors um, who are like the people who kind of look after the university, they're like the bosses in the university, were coming out and asking people for their IDs. They're, and they were saying, we need to know your name and what college you come from. And if you don't show us your ID and we find out who you are, you will get kicked out of the college. Because they have to show ID on university premises. Yeah. Yeah. And were there, uh, so yeah, did any, did anyone get kicked out? Do you know? No, they didn't actually kick them off the premises at mm -hmm. that point. Um, hmm. And nor did they, after they eventually kind of, they let me in um, to go and set up with Mike and our cameraman. And then they started letting people with tickets in through the back entrance, like walking them around the back entrance. Um, yeah. And, oh. Oh, like, one other thing, sorry to add, oh, yeah. was when um, the milkshake thing happened. There was a, a photographer uh -oh. with the... Miles is up. He is, sorry. Um, and um, he... He uh, took the, the the action shot right that you can see in their article, and um, oh, he yeah. turned up later on. This oh, picture. Uh, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, anyway, to... so that guy, that guy was with the uh, guy people that took the that did the milkshake crime. Um, so you know they were well, they were working together. Mm. Yeah, and, yeah. It's and he, he works for Varsity newspaper. Varsity newspaper. Yeah. So they went there to make a story almost because they mm -hmm. they had to throw the milkshake and then get a picture of it, right? So it wasn't right. like, and then they went and wrote it. Um, did with, did the, all the stuff that we are, you guys were just describing with the protesters and the outside the door, was that after or before the milkshaking took place? Before, uh, sorry, after. Sorry. After. <laughs> and uh, uh, is that, you know, because I've seen, actually, you know what I was going to say about this milkshaking thing? Um, I don't know if there's more information you want to give, but one thing I do want to say about this is my first thought when I heard that this happened was we made it, fam. We made it because we're <laughs> we no because um, you guys are getting the same treatment that like other people that are like they they have a larger presence on the internet have also gotten. I mean, not, you're basically among people like you have good company amongst people like Nigel Farage. Uh, Carl Benjamin yeah. and yeah. Um, Tommy Robinson. Actually, Tommy Robinson's graduated to rocks, I believe. But but nonetheless, he got milkshaked too, <laughs> you know. And so, like, you find yourself in good company. This is this is um, how you know you're upsetting the NPCs, the robots. They're all just following their programming, you know. Now it's well, that, the thing to do. That's how Mike feels. That's how Mike feels. And we were prepared for it. We both brought spare changes of clothes. I didn't need mine, but he needed his. So um, he actually, he thought that was going to happen? Yeah, yeah. We planned for it, yeah. Oh, jeez. Okay. I mean, that, you know, Sargon, Sargon has been done four times in like the last week and a half or something. I thought that Sargon himself said it was only twice. And that the uh, really? the mainstream media has been lying about him. Yeah, like in a video he made oh, okay, a few days ago, okay. he said, yeah, they're saying it's been four times. It's like, no, it's been two times with milkshakes and once with a fish. And the fish doesn't count, so. Don't have any, sorry. But yeah. um, I missed yeah. that. <laughs> I kept, yeah, I kept up. I I don't know. He had he had a bird land on his uh, lapel, to to pick off part of that fish. 
Um, That's a good omen. Yeah. Call, call, called the, he called the bird a, a cheeky bastard. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's like he. I think they've they've attempted four times to douse yeah. him with a milkshake, but they've only uh, actually hit him twice. Well, it takes a lot of strength to throw a milkshake, Karen. You you, you can't do it on soy. <laughs> and aiming aiming is really uh, you know it's. It, these SJWs, they throw like girls, right? Yeah, yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so anyway, uh, uh, let me see. What else should we go through? Because uh, we got other stories, but I want to know what other well, info you know, of interest we, then, we got. We, we then just get into the venue, and my phone is running out of battery, FYI. If I cut out, that'll be what it is. But, um, I mean, I've got to hand it to them. They had some serious stamina. Like, they kept up. Um, beating all these pots and pans throughout the entirety of our like two and a half hour presentations, um, and it was quite distracting to be fair. Mm -hmm. But you know, we got through our speeches, and people seemed to appreciate our effort. And you know, but unfortunately, I think it just—it's um, just going to get you guys more attention. Um, yeah, I think yeah, that, I think so. uh, yeah, I think if he doesn't know, Sargon should know that you guys got milkshaked and Mike Buchanan got milkshaked as well. Um, I hope Mike yeah. Buchanan is recovering was, okay in a near, in, it's a good thing you guys have universal health care. Go um, ahead. On our way, on our way out from the venue, you know, we got escorted out the back to avoid the protesters and we bumped into, um, a, a father and son. So the you know, the son was like 16 and they'd been at the talks and on their way out, they'd bumped into the protesters and some guy had been like right up in his son's face screaming abuse at him. Oh, that's right. And so the dad says, you know, you know, you're harassing a minor, at which point three of the protesters grabbed him and all the others started laying into him and he was kicked and he was, you know, yelled at and hit. Holy shit. So he's... You know, they called the police and they've made statements to the police and he's going to give us a statement to put on the J4MB website to tell yeah. everybody exactly what happened. Yeah. But, you know, that's... I feel really, really bad about that, you know, because I, I, I've i got sons and I would be so fucking livid if anyone behaved like that towards my son. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. It's outrageous. And, you know, the ridiculous thing is they had no way of you know, knowing that those people found anything of interest or use or, you know, thought that our talks were valid in any way. They could have just been there out of pure curiosity, but they still felt entitled just because these people had heard what we had to say to assault them. Mm-hmm. We live, we live in a crazy world where uh, apparently, you know, um, uh, wanting to have discussions around either your, uh, let's say, in the case of uh, people like Sargon, you have, uh, you know, discussions around freedom of speech or around, um, you know, your country's sovereignty, or you want to, like, advocate for the issues facing young men and boys, uh, or just men and boys in general, and they, it is read as uh, something that will lead to violence against women. And so it must be responded to with violence while they also call for violence. Because 
the thing is, is that this this milkshake thing, you know, they, there's a defense that goes out there saying this is not violent, right? This is just a milkshake. It's not going to hurt you, you snowflake. Stop crying. You know, it's it's not. It's just a. It's just a bit of trolling. It's a, it's just a, a bit of shame, essentially, to make you look bad. But the problem is, is that it is assault. It just. It's not like. Uh, you know, uh, obviously it's not a rock or a grenade, it's a milkshake. But you see, the point of it is to show people that you can, like, it's this action is justified against people that you disagree with. I, I Here's a super chat. I'll make my point with this. I have some super chats. I got one from Mr. Roboto and I, for $2. And he says, did anyone throw shamrock shakes? If so, I'm there. And then, well, thank you for that. Tyler Preston for five bucks says, you know that if feminists... Do you know that feminists would lose their shit if it was a woman who got a milkshake thrown at her face? Well, actually, if if the woman who got a milkshake was a woman that they disagree with, like if it was thrown at Natty or Elizabeth, they wouldn't have a problem with that. They don't they they, they it's about women that they it's about people they disagree with. However, if you wanted Natty to and I sub women. What was that? I said Natty and I are sub women. Yeah, you're not women, you're sub women. Uh, however, let's say, cause I think that's an interesting point that, uh, Tyler Preston makes that we can like kind of look into a little bit. Let's say that someone threw a milkshake at a feminist woman and they got it on tape just to make a point about how people would react to it. Okay. The, um, if you, the, if you did that, you could make a point. But the thing is, is that people who are sort of anti-feminists or like uh, MRA types like us, we wouldn't do that. Not even to a feminist woman, not even to make a point, because it's not it's something that I think that we're above more or less. And, and because we also don't think it's a good idea to try to use you know these tactics um, against other people. And it wouldn't work out in our favor either. So it's kind of like a bad idea, but they don't care. They don't have any scruples about this. And again, you know, the I'm anti just, go ahead. I'm 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 just waiting for the first person to be milkshaked who has a deadly milk allergy. Yeah, yeah, really. I was and, thinking and the then same. We, then we can discuss like how how uh potentially harmful it is. You know, it's it's like it's like, oh yeah, no, and when somebody spits on you, it's not a big deal. Yeah, unless they have hepatitis C or AIDS or something mm -hmm. like that, right? Yeah, no, it's it's like there's a reason why um, why you're not allowed to do stuff like that, um, and it's it it is because uh, even if 99 times out of 100 there's no physical harm, um, you know that one time out of 100 uh, it it may actually result in in serious harm. Sure, so. I remember they were throwing piss at Lauren Southern a few years ago, so maybe we need to get on her. Oh level. yeah. Yeah, no, and and it's just like and eggs and shit like that, and mm -hmm. you know Jeremy Corbyn was egged uh, a while ago, and the the egg the thrower got got uh, thirty days or something. In, yep, he got jail. a month in jail. Yeah, yeah, and uh, nothing for milkshakes apparently, and it was so. It, it and I think that the point of it is again, it's it's not about necessarily the violent act itself of throwing a milkshake, however. It's about the intimidation, which is backed by real violence. I mean, Antifa has actually said, and I couldn't find the meme, but I saw it, that, um, you know, you go, basically it's like testing the, the boundaries of what people will accept. So you start by, you know, throwing, um, 
milkshakes and if it looks like people the general public is okay with it and it becomes like a mainstream idea then you step it up a notch and you throw rocks or you throw you know then you step it up a notch again you start throwing molotovs i mean they're already throwing rocks at at tommy robinson now and so eventually it will get to the point where it's like okay now we need to off people so and i know that that sounds like i'm making like a a ridiculous slippery slope argument but i think that this is the point of this kind of activity so just i'm glad that we're getting this kind of attention from people uh but but just be aware this isn't just a laughing matter this is backed by i think a threat of real violence down the line if we find this kind of intimidation to be acceptable which it shouldn't be so i agree but you know what really amazes me is at the end of the day it's a kind of you know gross um kind of thuggery that's going on mm-hmm. and like about students and people who live in cambridge and cambridge is like you know the university in particular is such a privileged place and those people should feel fucking really lucky to be there and some kind of debt of gratitude to carry on the values that have you know the place has been built on with this kind of search for truth, you know, and the civility and all those kind of, you know, beautiful progressive things. And yet they don't, you know, they're there and they feel angry and aggrieved. It's like, where the fuck do they get off, man? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's 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 like Laurie Penny saying I'm oppressed. Like, didn't she go to a, an expensive <laughs> private school and she was educated at, at the most, the, the top tier school? Uh, in post-secondary right and and she's like um, i'm i'm so oppressed as a woman and it's like how the fuck do you figure like i'm a fucking waitress Lo- well Laura i'm Penny a retired for, waitress uh, for charity so mm. at that time when she tried to debate um kitchens mm. kitchens gave up his fee for charity but she she wouldn't oh yeah 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 i remember that it was, oh, was it, yeah, was no, it, it no, wasn't, it wasn't, wasn't Hitchens. Hitchens. It was that older, that older gentleman. Yeah, I remember yeah, that and, one. And he essentially said, how dare you? How dare you? Um, mm-hmm. This so event almost, me. this event almost didn't go off. Yeah. Because oh, you is, insisted, yeah, you insisted on your multiple thousand dollar speaker's fee. And it, the event organizers had to, you're the only person being paid to stand on this stage right now. You entitled bitch. Yeah. Yeah. I love David Starkey for that. That was so funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's classic. Uh, Okay. So, any uh, final thoughts on this uh, milkshake story? Otherwise, we're going to move on. Natty. Any final thoughts? Okay. We're good. We're good. I'm here. I'm here. Sorry. Richard is asking me mention this interview I did with him which we're going to finish next week alright excellent excellent yeah get it to uh, me and I'll put it up on the channel and uh, you know link to the original source wherever it ends up going so be on the lookout for that gents okay so now we're going to move on again if you haven't hit the like button please hit the like button and subscribe if you're not already subscribed and hit the bell for notifications because sometimes YouTube doesn't tell people when we go live and you guys don't want to miss out on all this fun. So next up is a story that I think Karen really wanted to talk about. And uh, <laughs> yeah, this I is a, a, about Naomi Wolf. So I have original uh, 
Guardian article here. I also have the clip from Twitter if we need to play some of it out. Yeah, but... no, we need we need to play the clip. We need to play the clip. <laughs> okay. We do. All right, do. all right. So yeah. um, do you want me to just play the clip and then – or do you want to set it up at all or what? Um. Okay, so it, like somebody tweeted at me uh, this thing saying, watch Naomi realize that her – you know, uh, I, I don't remember what the exact wording of the tweet is realize that she her entire freaking premise is destroyed because she misunderstood a legal term uh-huh mm. yeah okay so this is uh, Vic- uh blunder over Vi- naomi wolf admits blunder over victorians and sodomy executions so i'll go ahead and play uh, some of this clip i'm gonna go back a little bit and i gotta raise the volume I probably, play the whole thing. Yeah, I'll play the, the whole thing. thing. I probably, I may have to banana it, but it, it is off of Twitter, so it's probably okay. You get sentences, as I mentioned, of penal servitude for 10 or 15 years. And I found like several dozen executions, uh, but that was, again, only looking at the um, Old Bailey records and the crime tables. Uh, several originally. dozen executions. Correct. And this corrects a misapprehension um, that is in every website that the last man was executed for sodomy in Britain in, in 1835. I don't, I don't think you're right about this. One of the cases that you look at that, that, that's salient in your report is that of Thomas Silver. It says, um, teenagers were now convicted more often. Indeed, that year, uh, which is 1859, Um, 14-year-old Thomas Silver was actually executed for committing sodomy. The boy was indicted for an unnatural offence. Guilty. Death recorded. This is the first time the phrase unnatural offence entered the Old Bailey records. Thomas Silver wasn't executed. Death recorded. I I was really surprised by this, and I I looked it up. Death recorded is is what's in, I think, most of these cases that you've... uh, um, you've identified as executions. It doesn't mean that he was executed. It was a category that was created in 1823 that allowed judges to abstain from pronouncing a sentence of death on any capital convict whom they considered to be a fit subject for pardon. I don't think any of the executions you've identified here actually happened. Well, that's a really important thing to investigate. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. Okay. So, and here's the thing, right? You you go on to you go on to various websites, the old Bailey website, right? And it essentially says death recorded is something that allowed the judges to get around having to apply the death penalty. So essentially, it allowed them, if the jury wanted to be lenient, if the jury was just like, yeah, no, like this isn't worth the death penalty, the judge could essentially say death recorded. And then sentence them to a term of of prison or allow them to walk, right? Mm-hmm. And so it was it was a it's it's a legal term that is kind. I I agree. I can understand how somebody could uh, misconstrue it just by looking at the words. But if you actually just go on Google, um, you find out that it means something completely different from sentenced to death. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so people are wondering. Oh, no, 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 no. Keep going. No. Keep going. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep, Let's keep going. Let's keep, keep going. going. Yeah, okay. What is your What is your understanding of well, what death recorded means? Death recorded, this is also from, that, I've just read you the definition of it there from the old Bailey website. But I've got here a newspaper report about Thomas Silver 
and also something uh, from uh, from the prison records that that show the date of his discharge. The prisoner was found guilty, and sentence of death was recorded. Yeah, ah, but, see, but the, the jury next... recommended the prisoner to mercy on account of his youth. See, I think this. I think this is a kind of. When I found this, I didn't really know what to do with it because I think it is. I think it's quite a big problem with your argument. Also, it's the nature of the offence here. Thomas Silver committed an indecent assault on a six-year-old boy. <laughs> Ba-boom. Bom bom bom. Yeah. And then he goes. Go he goes. He goes on to. He goes on to say um, that uh, Thomas Silver was. Um, was released after two and a half years in prison and went on with his life. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and the records all show this, um, the newspaper clippings and he, he essentially, then he called her out and he said, essentially, um, okay. So I took several of the cases that you held up as executions for homosexuality. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I looked into several of them. And the ones that I looked into, the several of them that I looked into, that none of them involved consensual sexual activity. They were all sexual assaults. They were all sexual offenses. They were all rapes or, or statutory rapes or pedophilia or bestiality or, you know, things like that. Um, and uh, so I, I just, you know, I, after a few, after like a, after looking into a handful of the dozens um and finding actually what these these cases were were of men raping men mm -hmm. um not of consensual homosexual relationships right and then the death recorded thing i'm just having and here's the thing too right because here's what she what her premise this is what her thesis is this is what her thesis is is that in uh in the mid 1800s, there was a huge crackdown on homosexuality that was spurred by the patriarchy basically going, look, a diversion. Yeah. Right. That, that essentially the patriarchy was, uh, was being called out on the, the misdeeds of heterosexual men by feminists, first wave feminists, and the patriarchy responded by essentially saying, oh, yeah, no, we're not bad. Look at those gay guys over there. Let's clamp down on them. Mm -hmm. When in reality, they were easing up on gay men. They actually created a category of, of uh, I guess, essentially resolving capital offenses by, by saying, okay, this demands the death penalty, death recorded. Right. And let's move on. And they can serve, uh, a, you know, six months or two years or whatever. And then they can get out. Right. Yeah. Um, and and so it was like it was an easing up on homosexuality uh, during that period rather than a clamping down on it. So her entire premise, her entire thesis is completely debunked. It's, it's like this was a foundational premise of her thesis, which was that the patriarchy clamp down on homosexuality mm -hmm. to distract politically activated women from act from their activism on behalf of women. This is exactly the same premise that she put forth in the beauty myth, which was that essentially, Oof. um, yeah, essentially 
the beauty industry, which is uh, all the CEOs of the cosmetics companies and the fashion companies are all men, right? They created this idea of Western beauty standards, which means, you know, a, a waist to hip ratio that's attractive and symmetrical features and youth and, and clear, uh, clear unblemished skin and all of these things, uh, signs of health and, and fertility in women, right? They, they actually brainwashed men in Western culture to find those things attractive. If, if, if they hadn't done that brainwashing, then soccer players, professional soccer players would be beating a path to Madeleine Albright's door or Theresa May's door to have sex with her, right? Like this is, this is what she was essentially saying. And the reason she said that they did this, right? Which is completely stupid to begin with. But the reason she said that they came up with this conspiracy to brainwash men is, is because women were becoming too politically active and they needed uh, to essentially uh, create a situation in which women would become more obsessed with their looks and their weight and their their wrinkles and you know and their hair color and all of that um, over over uh, and above politics, right? So it was it was created as a diversion um, to to distract women away from politics and to make them become obsessed with their own looks, right? And and I'm just like this this is a recurring theme obviously in her in her work is that uh and and like one of the most egregious errors in the beauty myth was she uh she claimed that uh over a hundred thousand women a year in the u.s die from anorexia well the reality is uh she forgot to carry the one i guess (laughs) um because uh a hundred thousand uh people not just women are diagnosed with anorexia per year in the United States mm-hmm. and something under 100 of them die per year. So like 100 women out of 360 million people die per year of anorexia. And this is apparently a, a you know, it's an indicator of a systemic conspiracy on the part of patriarchal forces to distract women away from political action by making them obsess about their looks. Yep. It's bizarre. The entire thing is fucking bizarre. And the fact that he could find this on Google, this was not in some kind of secret vault, you know, um, (laughs) golden vault. Like I said on Twitter, it wasn't in some golden vault at the bottom of the ocean being guarded by sharks with freaking lasers, lasers in their foreheads. Um, no, it it was on a it was on a website. Yep. Accessible to anyone. She wrote a whole book about it. And she she wrote this was her Oxford PhD thesis, which she successfully defended. Mm-hmm. And nobody noticed. They didn't bother to follow up. It's almost like they just took her at face value because feminism or something. Yeah, because because my narrative. Yeah. Because my narrative. Well, that is uh, that is hilarious. You guys get it now, uh, Naomi Wolf um, live. You know they say that she admitted her blunder, but I think she had no choice. Yeah, no, <laughs> she really did completely. Not have a choice. She was completely busted, and yeah. uh, that that was it. Like the only thing you could do is say "oopsie" and just leave it at that. So. 
any any other thoughts on this story? Because otherwise, I have one more. I wanna I wanna show you guys. Karen, I, I, Elizabeth I don't or have Natty? any. I I don't have any further thoughts on it. You know, okay. I'm just I'm just like I'm I'm surprised that this got past. Uh, like I'm not sure what her PhD is in. Maybe it's philosophy, not history. Yeah. Um. So you know, and so I like maybe the the people who were reviewing her work, um, that she was defending her thesis against, maybe they they are just not historians, right? Yeah. They're not historians of law. They're not historians of you know. They're not British historians. They're not anything like that. Um. So maybe it was an easy error to overlook in favor of my narrative, and you know, honestly, um, I can understand again. Granted, I'll, I'll give her that, you know, death reported sounds pretty sinister. It sounds yeah. like an execution when you see it on a docket, right? But the fact that she um, she just kind of, uh, that nobody called her on it in her PhD thesis, and nobody called her on it, uh, none of her editors and fact checkers, you know, of this book that's coming out that's based on largely on this, um is you know that that's pretty egregious that uh mm -hmm. that nobody actually bothered to look into any of this stuff so yeah and, and that, that a radio show host a radio show host spent like what an hour or two doing, doing his homework some, before he talked doing, to her yeah doing some research before an interview and went oh fuck what the fuck is this yep. right and he was yep. so polite about it right i yeah. you know i found this and i i wasn't quite sure what to do with it yeah kind of like how yeah. columbo is at like the you know at the end of the third act <laughs> like how columbo's oh, like and, a, and forgive one more me question. but i got yeah. one more question i'm sorry i'm slow but there's just something that's just not adding up and maybe you know i'm not the smartest guy but maybe you can help me out just mm -hmm. i'm sorry but i don't want to make you uncomfortable but <laughs> that's that's how i think it just came across that way but um, good stuff. Uh, thank you, Karen, Natty, Elizabeth. Do you guys have any thoughts on this story? Do you guys know much about it? Are they? Are they? I mean, I see, no, oh, there I she is. It's quite incredible, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's really something. Hello. Can you still hear me? Yes, Natty. We can hear you. Okay. Yeah. No, that is incredible. Absolutely. I mean, it's not surprising. But sorry, who who was the guy that called her out? I didn't get that. Uh, um, sweet. His his last name is Sweet. He's on Radio Three. Yeah, Radio Martin? Three. Martin Martin Sweet. Matthew Martin, Sweet. Okay. Matthew, Matthew Sweet. Matthew Sweet. You see, yeah. even though the BBC is quite, you know, um, cut and SJWed and whatnot here, you don't fuck with the historians. They, you know, people, those guys, those those yeah. kind of guys, they they they, they know their shit. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it must be a, quite a new experience for her as a feminist, though, because feminists don't get anything that they say challenged ever. Like, we grow up as people, you know, in the men's rights movement, um, having every single little thing that we say picked apart. And so we look for the evidence and we're ready to, you know, support it. But feminists just aren't. Agreed, mm -hmm. you know, and that that's really a sad thing because it's like it really is essentially a situation where um where you know when you're when you're going counter culture, when you're going counter the dominant narrative, which is feminism, right? Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you, you really have to do your homework. You really have to be absolutely 100% sure of what you say. And you have to be willing to essentially say, oh, well, well I, I'm, I apologize. I attributed that quote to the wrong person or, um, or I got the year wrong or, or whatever. I've never apologized for an opinion that I've made. I've only apologized for factual errors that I've made, you know, oh, my bad. It was, it was 63%, not 66% type thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, there's, there's no way that you can keep every fact in your head, uh, completely uncorrupted. Uh, you know, when you're looking at the number of statistics that we're expected to memorize and have on hand and be able to just pull out of our, you know, of our memory, uh, in any given situation, um, including, you know, names and, and, uh, the names of papers and the years that they were published and, and all of that stuff. Right. But we have to be so prepared Oh yeah. To defend every like every single statement I make on Twitter. Like things that I say on Twitter probably get more challenge than the st- things that she said in her Oxford PhD thesis. Oh yeah, absolutely. So like, like yeah. they don't really like peer review each other so much as see if the talking points match up to theirs and they just leave. Oh yeah, this is good. I was just going to say I think some PhDs are much easier to get than others. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. which speaking, I mean, I think my phone may well run out of battery very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I can squeeze it in, speaking of all this, you know, um, Routledge, which is an academic publishing house, was meant to be publishing a book by William Collins of the Illustrated Empathy Gap website, um, which is, you know, a fantastic resource for MRAs, especially in the UK, where he you know, looks at studies and government statistics and takes them apart and finds out what they mean. And it generally means that men and boys are disadvantaged. Um, But he was due to be publishing a book with them. And he sent in the first like nine chapters or something. And they said, this is fantastic. We can't wait to publish it. And then somehow, somewhere along the line, Something oh yes somehow yeah and then then yeah. now that they put the kibosh on the whole thing yeah but you know they they wrote these reviews of it saying like oh it's all polemic and it's not academically sound and all of this stuff and it's like what you're from the same like you know um fields where people are publishing those hope studies about you know the mind camp one and the <laughs> Dogs dog, dog park rape culture yeah yeah, yeah. all you the know. grievance study stuff yeah sure so it's so it's and there's absolutely no way that he's an academically sound he is an academic and his work is fucking excellent it's the gold standard as mike always says um but actually that will that should be out within like the next month published by lps publishing which is mike's publishing house so that's a good book to look forward to everybody Oh, wow. Like, I'm glad that he's, he's finding a publisher somewhere, but I'm like, I'm just, I'm just like disgusted by the fact that like a traditional academic publisher would essentially decline because of pressure from feminists. Right. Yeah. And I mean, he made it a point of kind of, well, he made a point of not mentioning the word feminism nor the word gynocentrism in the whole text once, which is 700 pages. Yeah, but they still they still picked up on the fact that they called the anti-feminist, you know, which is kind of true. But <laughs> but it wasn't, you know, it's not in a polemical way. Yeah, mm. 
simply states facts and the facts are anti-feminist. Yeah, no, that's, that's so typical these days though, right? Like it's, yeah. there was a, a, um, oh God, there was a, a paper published by, uh, or submitted by a mathematician, um, in the U.S. Uh, to a journal that, oh God, I forget what he was measuring. I think it was measuring uh, sexual selection, right? And uh, and how essentially women control the whole dance of sexual selection. Um, th- this is just like, I'm just, I'm just going by like my bare bones memory of this, right? Um, and that... Uh, greater um this led to greater variability among the male population in terms of individual traits and um that this was something that you know you could prove not just by observation but by employing a mathematical model right that uh that this is just how things are going to fall out and uh yeah the the greater male variability um hypothesis Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, some some woman from the University of Chicago caught wind of it and objected. And then she got a whole bunch of other people objecting to it. Um, it was it was accepted for publication. It was it went through peer review. Everything was fine. It was it was scheduled to be published. And then the publisher changed their minds, unpublished it and uh and because of that, he can't publish this paper anywhere else. Because mm. the the journal itself owns the copyright and the distribution rights to it. And they essentially said, we're going to unpublish it, but we're not going to release the rights. Right. So he has no recourse. This is a dead paper now. It's, it's never going to be out there. And uh, so he just put it out. I think he put it out for free. Um, but... Uh, you know, he can't get it published. It's not something that can contribute to his career. He put it out for free because he wants people to know. Um, but this is this is because, you know, there are women out there, feminist women, who are just like, no, you can't you can't say that. Meanwhile, you have Daphna Joel, um, who did a uh, a study um on she she fed like a thousand and something MRI fMRI scans of of uh, human brains into an instrument that she created to detect uh, whether there's actual sexual dimorphism between male and female brains. Is there a male brain? Is there a female brain? Right. She chose to actually analyze 10 structures in the brain that are not particularly dimorphic. So she excluded the ones that are extremely sexually dimorphic, like the corpus callosum, right? The, uh, the link between the two hemispheres of the brain, which is much bigger in women than it is in men. Um, and other ones like the, uh, uh, the visual cortex, which uh, has a sexual function in men, but not in women so much um, and is a completely different shape. Right. So she fed these MRI scans into her instrument and she found that only 1% of human brains can actually be typed female or male and therefore there's no such thing as a male or female brain and I'm reading her study and I'm looking at the graphs and I'm like but your graphs consistently say that 
male brains skew male on most criteria and female brains skew female on most criteria. And here we are in a world where something like uh, when a trained pair of human eyes can sex a brain via an, M an fMRI scan uh, roughly 80% of the time, uh, you know, with 80% accuracy, right? And, and you're saying that, oh, yeah, no, there's just no such thing because uh, less than 1% of brains are 100% female or 100% male, mm -hmm. right? And, and then she went on to the, into the press, right? So the, these were her conclusions in her study, which dis already disagreed with her data. Then she went into the press and said, no, 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 human brains are a mosaic. And so there's there's really no such thing as a male brain or female brain. It's all a social construction. And anybody who actually would want to look and find differences between male and female brains is probably only doing it in order to justify discrimination. Um, and so uh, it's not I, I find the entire topic uninteresting and, and I find it actually to be objectionable because um, of this this. Uh, way that uh, I think that the motivations that I think are behind people looking for sex differences in the brain. And um, so she, she actually exaggerated her stated results. There's no such thing as a male or female brain in the press. Right. And then like 23 days later, 23 days later after her study was published and she went on this publicity tour, Right. A bunch of critics of her study fed the facial morphologies of three species of New World monkeys into very distinct species of New World monkeys into her instrument and asked them to match photographs of the faces of various monkeys to the species. And her instrument could match species to photograph less than 5% of the time. And so, and these are species that if you looked at them, if you were, if you had any kind of expertise, you could, you could identify these monkeys, their species, you know, ev almost every single time, less than 5% of the time, it could identify a matched species to individual. And they, they concluded that she constructed her instrument to avoid detecting sex differences. Mm -hmm. Right. And that got no play in the press. None whatsoever. It was two years later that I saw the first mainstream article that that yeah. that actually had cited this to call her results into question. And I'm like, I've been talking about this for like three and a half years. Yep. So this was a thing that happened and it was great and for a change, you know, so uh, thank you for this. oh and she still has a job as head of, of the neuro course. of, of the neuropsychology department of the university of tel aviv yeah well uh. <laughs> all right so uh we're gonna move on to the last story this one is super wholesome guys and uh but i just gotta share it um this is a new ad so I was talking to Elon, um, the owner of Egard Watches, uh, you know, just talking to him back and forth. Uh, he's a great guy. He's going to be coming to the ICMI. And he sent me a new ad that he put together. He makes the ads himself for the most oh, part. Oh, God, that ad. 
the, I, at six o'clock in the morning, at yeah. six o'clock in the morning, I left a comment. Excuse me. I've got something in my eye. Yep. Oh, oh, it was feels. Yeah. So I want to share the ad with you guys. We're going to end this on a wholesome note. Unfortunately, Elizabeth dropped out. I guess her battery finally got around to oppressing her. But Natty is still here. Natty, you'll be able to hear the audio if you're not in a tunnel. Uh, just know that most of the video, and this is for those of you guys who might be listening to us on iTunes or SoundCloud, um, most of the video is just, let's say, it's more like uh, various short clips of fathers with their children. I think it's fathers with their sons specifically of various, like, you know, uh, nationalities, ethnicities, races, etc. Being, it's a father-son thing or a father-child thing. So... Uh, I'm going to play this one. Uh, this video is called A Letter to My Son, and it's from Egard Watch Company. It's their new ad. So I'm just going to play it all the way through because Egard, the Elon wanted me to show this, and I think you guys should see it. I was scared before I met you. But the moment I saw you for the first time... I knew, I knew it was game over. I would love you forever. I knew I would stand by your side no matter what. I knew that I would give up everything to make your life better. I knew that every moment of pain for you would be a moment of pain for me. I knew I would be your guide your example, your standard in this world for what it means to be a man. See, but what I didn't know was just how much this world would test us. I didn't know how strong you were. I didn't know how I needed you just as much as you needed me. I didn't know how much better you good, the bad, there's nothing I would change if it meant you weren't my son, and all I want in this world is for a piece of me to carry on with you. reads thank you all the incredible fathers out there second time in 12 hours thanks a lot brian so yeah that was a um i got i got things in my eyes <laughs> um oh there feels okay So, uh, yeah, that's the, um, that's the ad. Uh, you know, I, I, I've talked to Elon and, and he is very passionate about this and he is an actor and director. He works in Hollywood. Uh, he, he's, he's one of the people who have told me, you know, that the, that it's, it's not easy for him to talk about these issues in his sort of Hollywood community, but he does know lots of people that, uh, agree with him, but they have to do so in secret so i just thought it you know what if he's gonna make these 
commercials, I'm going to show them. And I want you guys, if you could, I put a link there, leave a comment supporting him because what he does with these kinds of ads, we you don't get to see this kind of advertising. And I think that, you know, you need to let him know that this is like what you want to see, you know? And, you know, if you can, maybe you're interested in getting a watch. He's got watches of all different uh, price ranges. So it's not like super high-end stuff. You know, you should be able to get, um, you know, whatever. I don't know. Just support him in however you can. I'm going to do so by sharing out his content and, um, you know, showing support, letting him know I like what he's doing. And, and he'd love to hear that. So, you know, leave a comment on this video. If you like the video, give it a like as well. And maybe share it around. Um, I shared it on Twitter as well as my Facebook page. So, uh, yeah, let's like get it some play, you know. So that was basically it. I, I don't know if you guys, uh, I, I lost Natty as well. They had to leave, I guess. So I don't know if you guys have any final thoughts on this ad or anything. I got Karen still, so. Yeah, well, you know, and my, uh, my son is just uh, coming to take care of his dog because she needs some loves yeah. and, and our horrible, uh, other dog is like, I want to, I want to sniff her genitals and sexually assault her. <laughs> um, because that's, that's what he does. He's, he's, he's pretty gross that way. Um, but, uh, no, I like that, that ad, um, I can't even, I can't even really uh, say anything about it. It says it says everything. It lays it all right out there. Yep. Um, and also, I'm still a little misty. Mm -hmm. um, so I think I think this would be uh, a good place to sign off. Yeah, I'm gonna sign us off. Uh, one last thing, in case you guys don't know, Elon, the create the the owner of eGuard Watch Company, he's going to be at the ICMI and he's going to be selling watches there. So maybe go meet him. I think we're gonna have him on a panel and uh, you know show him some support, I'm, show him some love. I'm buying one for my uh, for my man, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to do that because. Uh, I, I, I'm kind of sick of his love affair with his uh, Apple Watch, so um, I think he should have something a little more uh, yeah, traditional. There you, go. there you go. Yeah. Get him out of that, that the weird, like, cult. I, I need to close my circles. Thing. Yeah, get, get out of that weird Apple cult thing that they got going on over there. I don't know. The, the guy who took over that company is. Whew. He's frightening. Um, all right. So with that said, we're going to go ahead and close it out and go into the after show. If you want to be a part of the after show, then you have to become a badger. To do that, you go to feedthebadger.com and start a monthly subscription. Because today was a This Week in Men's Rights show, we're going to be doing this in the Dire Hawks Den, which means everyone has access. So you don't have to have a certain level to be a part of the uh, conversation. So that is feedthebadger.com. And uh, yeah, come hang out in the Discord and join us in the after show. We got lots going on. It's always a good time. With that said, I'm going to sign us out. I want to thank you guys for coming on this week in men's rights. I want to thank Elizabeth and Natty and Karen for coming on and hanging out with and talking about today's stories. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you guys think about any of the stories 
that we discussed today or anything else that maybe we didn't know about that we should probably bring up for uh, the next Men's Rights show. Uh, in addition, subscribe to the channel if you're not already subscribed and hit the bell for notifications. I'm going to go ahead and get us out of here. Thanks guys for coming on this week in Men's Rights and have a great weekend. We'll see you guys next time. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.